Previously on Roleplay Radio. Koss will look towards where the chest was knocked over and just say, Come out, come out wherever you are, and cast Fairy Fire on that area, which reveals invisible things. They catch something smeared on the chest. Looks almost soily. What's the skunk? That is Eldritch Balm. Uh, yeah, so this is a swamp substance. Mistake, I'm here for an interview. You see her putting something away in a drawer, and you also see some clockwork servants kind of dusting off her office, cleaning. On your way out, you see one of the clockwork servants have a little bit of a glitch. You notice that when you grab the book, there's something greasy on it, right where the clockwork servant was touching it. Sorry, hi, I'm Garrett Grigg. You can call me Gary. Uh, I'm here for the cook position interview. You mean head chef of Bojan Tavern, boy? Is that what I'm applying for? I That's thought I was just trying to be a cook. <laughs> <laughs> so you all head to the Bojan Tavern, yeah? Together? The freeze frame of the table is like a, like an old medieval painting with a frame, so Shelley's passed out on Griff. Griff is doing this. <laughs> Mistake is looking like very uncomfortable. We're howling. And Ricard is just standing there with a yeah. completely blank expression in the background. <laughs> I, I, I think I want like a subplot for Rick Hards. Like somehow he needs to help out. He will, he will. He's, He's already helping out. So I was hoping to run tonight's session a little differently. You guys all ended at the tavern last week. I want to continue with that, but I want to time jump to the end of the school week. All right, so my first question is, Garrett, how's <coughs> day number four going? Let's find out. Uh, I like to think that he's still been doing the unseen servant thing, particularly because he can do it as a ritual and not use a spell slot. You're taking inspiration. Even better. I needed the inspiration. That's a 20 with the inspiration. Okay. So, still going well. He's good at cooking. You all find yourselves at the Bozen Tavern and the smell, my goodness. Fried stuff with cheese, fruit bowls being passed around, all sorts of very fancy. You, you tell me what, what Gary cooks, because I, I, I'm bad at this. <laughs> You're the chef here. Sure. Uh, you know, he's got a, uh, not French onion soup, because there's no France. So, you know, a Ravnican onion soup, spiced potatoes, a rack of ribs that's been made that people can order like a few ribs from. So yeah, you smell all of that. The Bozen Tavern is, it's a little chilly outside, but the Bozen Tavern is nice and cozy because it's heated by, you know, the, the stone hearth ovens and the smell of Garrett's cooking is just wafting everywhere. It's impossible not to dig in tonight. It is very lively. Everybody's letting loose. Everybody is uh, happy to be done with the first week of classes and the weekend's about to start. The campus is your oyster. And uh, your boss happens to very conveniently not be in. Javanesh Stoutclaw is instead left in charge. He is kind of divvying up his duties between being a bouncer and coming back and checking in on you. He's like, hey kid, how's it going? You good? Why are you calling me kid? Aren't you a student here? I started late. Uh, okay, um, yeah, it's good. Besides, all you humans look like babies to me, I mean... Well, I mean, everyone, or at least my RA says that I look like an old man, so I'll take baby over that. That's rude. Right? I thought so too. Who's your RA? Nora. 
shit, that's my ex. Okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, let me know if you need anything. I'll be... Uh, I'll hey, be... Javanesh. What? Who's Curti? What? Well, people keep asking for the Curti special, but I, I don't know what that is. Who is Curti? He looks over his shoulder and makes sure that nobody's listening in. He just <clears throat> leans in. That's a conversation for another time, all right? Let's just uh, stay focused. And, uh, yeah, just stay focused. Um, all right. So you'll tell me who Curti is she later? Stop saying that name out loud. Other people have been saying it out loud. They've been asking for the special. Hey, can I get a Curly special? It's me, Ricard. <laughs> <laughs> See? All right, he pulls you to a corner. He's like, one second. All right, look, kid. Uh, Curti fell sick last year, and Boz is still a bit sore about it, and, uh... Yeah, so just just keep it on the down low. Curti specials can be found here. He pulls out um, a little menu that's uh, hidden in a drawer. He has to like punch it to get the drawer to open. Uh, what is rat ratatouille? That ugh. Bet you'd like to know. It's fucking delicious. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, how am I supposed to cook it if I don't know what it is? He unfolds the parchment. Ingredients are in there. Now keep it to yourself. It's a secret. Uh, okay, is Curti okay? You're just gonna keep saying the name really loud, ain't you? Yes. She is alive. Okay, that's all you need to know. Well, that's extremely ominous. Thanks, Javanesh. You're welcome. Uh, Want to serve me a pint while I'm here? Um, sure. Takes a pint with him. He's drinking on the job. Meanwhile, what are the rest of you doing? Anything special? He's 18, he can drink. Oh, yeah. to be 20. Everybody can Fantasy drink. 21. Yeah. In medieval times, ale was the safe way to hydrate. Yeah, he's third beer. Mm. And Shelly? I'm gonna say Shelly comes in like five minutes later and sits down right across from Griff. <laughs> Doesn't say anything, maybe mutters like, hey Griff, and just takes out a book and starts studying. Mistake is probably already studying somewhere and getting annoyed at how many people are coming in and thinking, why am I here instead of the library? Because your dungeon master made you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, finished working at the library, then decided maybe I should be somewhere other than the library, mm -hmm. decided to come here, and now it's getting busy, and now she's like, damn, I should be at the library. Okay. A little table by yourself, okay? Yep. In cost? Uh, I would like to say that cost is currently like sitting on one of the counters of where the kitchen is and just like making small talk with Gary while Gary's working, explaining like, oh, this is what happened in the other classes. Uh, it turns out not all of the teachers haze their students. <laughs> I mean, that's great, but could you get down? It's not really hygienic for you to just sit on the counter. Oh, okay. And uh, they'll hop over to a school <laughs> and continue just like to asking about how is how is the rest of your classes? I don't I don't really know what's going over on in uh, Quantrix land, Keyland. Uh, I mean I'm only taking computational magic 101 for Quantrix things. That that's fine. In the middle of your conversation, you hear a clutter coming from the storage closet. I'm gonna send the unseen servant to go <clears throat> open the door to the storage closet. Sue. Okay. It's empty. At least from where you're standing, it appears to be empty. A broom fell over, and a, along with a bucket, a couple things toppled over. But you don't see anybody. Well, that was weird. Would it be insulting if I said it was probably rats? 
Uh, I mean, it's not my tavern. Fair enough. Oh, by the way, your your um uh, your water skin. It's been very helpful for you know just uh, keeping things in mind, keeping things in perspective. Oh, good. So so you've learned to fuck them. I haven't learned to fuck them, no. But I've I've learned to think about it. <laughs> well, that's a first step. Sue puts uh, the stuff that fell over back, closes the door, and almost immediately, as soon as Sue turns around, you hear the same toppling sound again. Goss, do you want to check that out? Um, there's just a lot of steam <sighs> from the soup. All right, all right. Uh, so Koss is going to go over <laughs> to where Sue is, not that they can see where Sue is, um, and they'll they'll actually call back over their shoulder. Hey, uh. Gary, have you ever seen Sue before? Well, no, Sue's an unseen servant. Right, uh, would you like to? Um, I, I guess. All right, come out, come out wherever you are. And they are going to cast uh, Fairy Fire again in the closets to reveal anything that might be hiding and also reveal invisible creatures. Okay. The storage closet illuminates, you see you see a couple of barrels full of like apples, potatoes, all sorts of ingredients, but there's no human on the inside. There is a little window, but it appears to be shut. Mm -hmm. uh, and the same things that toppled over, toppled over again. So um, they'll be looking primarily for small animals because that's what they believe might mm -hmm. be causing this. Roll, roll me an investigation check. Can I use perception? Sure. Okay. All right, 15. You move some stuff around, and out of nowhere, you hear a little squeak and a little rat jumps out at you and scurries by your boots. Garrett might catch it from the corner of his eye. Well, you were right. I also would like to say, since Sue has been revealed, that Sue looks like Minnie if Minnie were a halfling. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, over here, it's a little understaffed today, by the way. Like, Garrett's in the kitchen. He had a couple of sous chefs with him, but they've either gone on break or they just ditched their shift early since the boss was not here, like jerks. Um, Sounds like the kind of thing that would happen to Gary. <laughs> so whenever there's like a lot, a lot of people at the Bilson Tavern, there's also an extra cook here, but there isn't one right here. So a student, a very smart ass student, probably Ricard, uh, <laughs> all three of you see Ricard, like, heading to the, the inside of that bar, like, looking over and jumping over the bar to try to, like, snatch some free food. <laughs> That's all you see for now. At the kitchen. Garrett is mixing the, what did you call it? The raffnikin onion soup? That's the one. It smells delicious. You, you hear your stomach grumble because you want some, but you know you're not supposed to eat while you're cooking for people. But then all of a sudden, you get a rancid smell. Some, something's off. It, uh, it is mixed in with the Ravnican onion soup, so it's kind of like, it smells almost like the soup just went from really fresh to really moldy in a matter of seconds. And the kitchen starts to fill up with steam. Uh, I'm gonna take, like, put the fire out for the cauldron that the soup is in. Okay. You put out the fire, the steam kind of, you know, fills up the kitchen. You kind of <laughs> almost have a hard time seeing costs across the kitchen. And then it gathers. The steam gathers above you. And 
you hear a very drunken student scream. And you look through the window, they're staring at you, pointing with trembling hands. Look up. As you look up, an ear-splitting shriek, almost like when you're making tea, the teapot whistles, but it's deafening, and it's right in your face, and it blows your silver hair back. And Koss, you see this creature made of steam hovering over Garrett in a low, rumbling laugh. Does a 15 hit you? Hit me? Uh, yes it does. From the back, you don't see this coming. A broomstick hits you in the back of the head. And I'm gonna need you to roll initiative for me. Okay. So, Koss, first of all, you take seven points of damage. How? Imagine being taken out by a broom. Koss mm-hmm. <laughs> falls face forward, and uh, there's a broom hovering over him. And we undoubtedly heard the screech. And you heard the yep. screech. I uh, apologize in advance. down. We'll see what happens. I only have seven hit points. That's a 14 hit? Obviously. Yeah? Uh, silvery barbs. As a reaction, I would like you to re-roll that, please. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. So God damn it. How does this look? Uh, so, uh, Koss, like, kind of, like, face down on the ground, and as they, like, pull their head up, um, they see the steam method about to attack Gary, and uh, they'll just yell out, Gary, look out! Look out! <laughs> and the steam method, like, tries to clod Gary, and maybe pulls your hair a little, but you don't get hurt. Koss, you are next. Koss is in trouble, so they're going to disengage. <laughs> And they'll actually just look out the window and be like, uh, there's a broom attacking us and also steam, a monster. <laughs> as soon as you say that, a bunch of students leap up and head straight towards the door to the point where Javanesh is standing right there. It's like, what's going on? And he gets immediately trampled. They'll see Shelly and Griff sitting there and they will... I think Griff is the person who they think of as like the most imposing person. <laughs> and they'll just say, Griff, Griff, we need your help. Ah. And, and, as a bonus action, you can take some inspiration. My turn's gonna go quickly. It's not too dissimilar from Koss's turn. I am going to disengage, run away. Uh, And for my bonus action, I'm gonna send Sue outside to get me some stones. (laughs) Griff. So, Griff would uh, put down his unfinished drink, goes over to the window, puts his scaled arm on the window and then does fireball at the broom. I want to say that uh, Koss is still standing in the window and just like, oh, thank God, you're, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Ducks out of the way of this fireball. <laughs> so right. I have to make a, a ranged attack and it's a plus five. Do it. Oh. Is that a one? Yeah, because it, it like went under the crease and it bounced back. Um, you, you hit it head on, but the fire just kind of goes through it because it's a pole. So you just scorch the pole a little. It leaves a cartoony, uh, ashen silhouette of the broom <laughs> right. on the wall behind it. The little bristles of the broom just kind of like form uh, like an arms on hips pose as it like looks. <laughs> Shelly. Shelly's just going to be like, Koss, what's going on? <laughs> Then it's gonna move towards cost. You can double move. You can move a second time if you're not gonna make an attack. If you're not gonna do an action, you can move twice. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're standing there on the edge of the storage closet and you see the broom just sizzling. So it steps out, it's first heading towards your friends and then it sees your figure 
and then immediately heads towards you and tries to whack you. 17 to hit. It misses. Did you have your bark uh, shield? I always have my bark shield. You hold it up and it just wood against wood, it doesn't do anything. Just splinters just fly out. The steam method, it's next. I think it's gonna go for Gary still because that was the first victim that it saw. That's what I get for making soup. <laughs> 18 to hit? Obviously. Three points of damage, so what it does is while it's still- Still up! <laughs> it kind of hovers towards you and it just claws down at you and this time it manages to slash you across the face. Mistake. You see Ricard <laughs> popping out of that center bar. He has a bottle of something very, very nice. And then you see a shadow lurking behind Ricard. Grabs him by the collar, pulls him down, and Ricard just like hits his head on the counter as the rug. Not the rug over. itself. Not uh, Ricard. <laughs> So there is now a rug at the center of the tavern as well. Mistake, you are next. Uh, Ricard's a human. <laughs> he is. Yeah. And I don't think I'd stand a chance against this on my own. I think Mistake's just going to double move over here. Rushes past Shelly fighting this blue. Yeah, kind of like goes in there, sneaks around Shelly, and then ducks behind the counter under the window and checks on Koss and also tells Koss, there's also a carpet outside. Oh good, we're being attacked by all kinds of furniture. As all this is happening, students are still rushing out. There's some students hiding under the tables, panicked. Other students that are completely passed out drunk on the tables, not taking <laughs> account of any of this. And only the five of you are being pursued by these things. Koss, you're next. Koss will look at the steam methods and say, you know, for what it's worth, it, it smells like you've been perfectly spiced with a, a wonderful blend of herbs and cast uncomfortable validation. Oh, thanks, Koss. 15. Uh, 15 will pass. It just laughs at you. I am well spiced. <laughs> and then Koss will look at Mistake and say, you did really well at stopping that last piece of runaway furniture. Could you help us with this one too? and then offer an inspiration to mistake. Yay. Garrett. All right, Gary is going to try and hit this steam method that's right in front of him. So that's a 17. Nice. That hits. All right, so that was, uh, he was doing a chaos bolt. Oh. And I like to think that what Gary was actually doing here is he just started waving his spatula around, like, <laughs> go away, go away, go away. Didn't really know what he was doing. And this sort of black orb just like appears and explodes in the face of this steam method. A bunch of the steam just shoots out into the ceiling and the steam method for a moment is just a head before it manages to like spread its steam back towards its torso and limbs, but it is significantly smaller now. Uh, Griff. So, what what is the carpet doing to my friend Rick Hart? If you turn around, you see the carpet just like turn towards you, <laughs> <laughs> and you some? see you, you, you see a, a hand reach up over the counter, and Ricard just looks up at the rug and then hides back down. All right. What are you um. Doing? So I want to do an unarmed strike with my hand claws because I don't want to burn it, freeze it, necrotic kick it because I don't want to hurt Rick Hart. Uh, 16. Nice. That hits. Griff would turn around and run, 
and because Rick Harvey hit his head, he had that nice thing in his hand and smashed, he slips a bit, and then just, like, gets his claws across the face, if you will, of the carpet. Shelly. So yeah, Shelly just got like whacked after like just like begrudgingly walking over here. So Shelly's just gonna like look out from behind their shield and just see a broom and be like, I stopped studying my fucking integrals for you. <laughs> and go into rage mode. Oh, and, then, um, and then we'll um, pop a warhammer out of their body. <laughs> Perfectly dry. <laughs> Perfectly dry. And they're they're gonna just smash straight down from the top. So it's a 12. Damn it. You slash straight down. And it was stupid. It was a mistake. It just all it does <laughs> is splinter the edge of the broom. Nothing happens to Damn. it. Damn. This uh, broom is getting way too courageous. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the broom is next, so it's gonna, it's gonna come at you, bro. <laughs> uh, 14. That does not hit. The steam method. I think, Jared, you've been antagonizing it, so it's still gonna go for you. I just told it to go away. I didn't mean for a big ball of psychicness to attack it. 18. That obviously hits. That is three points of damage. I'm still alive! <laughs> yes. I have one hit point left! Oh, and finally the rug. Griff, 23. Does that 23 hit? Fucking barely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, you take five points of damage. I don't. Yes, you do. <laughs> you take five points of damage because this rug literally throws itself at you, grabs your head, and just <laughs> smashes it down on the bar. Mistake. Mistake's going to have a moment of feeling cool. She's going to roll over this counter and maneuver behind the steam method and then try and stab it. Wow, okay. You could probably make the steam change color. Uh, so that's 15 plus five. That hits. Eight points of stab damage plus six points Ooh. of sneak attack damage. Ooh. How do you do this? Yes. <laughs> Mistake has never used a rapier before. <laughs> she just picked this up today for the club that she just joined <laughs> and doesn't know how it works and she is fighting steam. Stick it with the pointy end. Pretty much, I think is what she, she does. So she like stabs it through the chest and then kind of flicks it around and goes straight across the head. And then she's just standing there like, oh. It worked. Thanks. <laughs> Koss. Uh, Koss will look out the window to see the rug attacking Griff and will yell at the carpet. Well, you're really, um, you're really living by that old saying, carpet diem. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you just... Wow. That's a 15 minus 4, 11. 11 does not save. All right. So it's going to take uh, four psychic damage. And then they'll attempt to get out to be more helpful for the carpet, but still stay far away because they've got two hit points. Okay, Gary. So Gary's gonna go over to Sue to take the stones from her and then use a bonus action to cast magic stone on three of them. And then he's going to throw one of them at the broom. Hey! 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 That 
10 points of damage to the broom with this stone that Gary threw at it. So you throw the stone so hard that it snaps the broom in half. I love that the first thing to hurt this broom is dirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's mortal enemy. Great. So you see Ricard, he's pressed against the bar and he's just like, and he just grabs the rug and tries to pull it back. So I want to use a move that has a 15 foot cone from me. Burning hands. I kind of want him, if Rickhart is holding the carpet down by its quote unquote legs, I want it to choke it and like kind of pull it up and then shoot the fire, but it'd be an upwards cone. It, it would singe the bar. Dad would pay for okay. it. Okay, I'll allow it and I'm going to roll for Rickhart for dexterity and see if he manages to duck. That's an at 20. No, no, he doesn't. Nice! Fucking Rick hard! <laughs> gotcha, bro. Roll me some damage. Um, so he, he he looks at the carpet and holds it and just like, I always hated fancy carpets. <laughs> and then just... The carpet lights up in flames and it's like flapping in the air as you're holding it. But then it manages to swoop forward and kill the fire. It's still alive. Bonus action. I want to do my uh, daunting roar. You are terrified of me. Now, unfortunately, condition immunities is... <laughs> the roar uh, makes the entire tavern almost shake to the point where you hear glass shattering in the kitchen because there's that much vibration. And there's certainly some students who are even more frightened of you than they already were. All right, street friend. <laughs> Shelly, you are next. Shelly's going to look at the Warhammer and say, Useless piece of shit! And drop it. <laughs> <laughs> and then drops the shield too. And just goes barehand and just tries to grab the uh, the broom. How do you do this? Yeah. Hey! Shelly grabs the broom and takes it and says, Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> and rips it in two. <laughs> you rip it in two and... You realize your hands are a little oily with a black substance. Oh, of course. Uh, Shelly's gonna still hold on to these things and start running towards the carpet. Yes! Shelly's holding the two ends of the broom now as weapons. So. <laughs> That's nice. Mistake. All right, Mistake's gonna hop back over the counter, out the window, up to this counter, and try and stab that. Suddenly feeling so courageous. So cool. <laughs> So swashbuckly. <laughs> Going off of adrenaline, especially now that, like, Griff is probably the one person they consider their friend. I did write first friend in my notebook. All right, that's a 15. Plus that one. hits. Yeah. All right. So. You slash it, and you slash it so much so that half of it just drops slipped into the ground. But the top half slams on top of the bar, and he's still <laughs> trying to crawl towards you. It's still alive, but barely. Can I say the part that was slashed is like the part that was already really singed? Yeah. So basically it was practically turned to ash already from Griff and then mm -hmm. just got sliced in half. And it falls on top of Rick Hard. Cops <laughs> 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 uh, will move around so that they can get a better view of what's going on and they'll <laughs> say to the carpet. I, I know you might be worried about not being able to function anymore, but the bottom half of you can still make for a great welcome mat. <laughs> oh, uh, 14? A 14 actually is my save DC, so it saves. It doesn't care. It is uh, too busy wanting a bitch slap griff and mistake with its top ends. I fucking hate this carpet. <laughs> <laughs> 
Gary. All right, I can go through the window, right? I'm skinny. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Gary's going to be like, I don't know what I did before with the steam. And wave the spatula, please go away now. Oh yeah, that's a 23 to hit. Nice. That will definitely hit. That is 14 points of damage as he's just like, oh, it worked. And this big glowing orb shows up again and heads straight for the carpet. How do you do this? (laughs) So yeah, that, the big old like force of energy goes into the carpet. It just kind of seeps in and just spreads the carpet into all of its threads and all the threads just fall to the ground. On Ricard. On Ricard. Ricard's <laughs> <laughs> oh, in my mouth. <laughs> so the dragon's guard come barging in along with Javanesh, so as soon as this fight is over, you have maybe a few seconds to collect yourselves before everybody's just like, nobody move. Mistake's gonna use that time to piece the fuck out. Um, (laughs) From where? There's a back door. Sue used it. Okay. <laughs> she she does not want to deal with cards. You have to well, you have to roll a stealth check, and it's gonna be a hard one because they're coming in from all sides of the. So that's seven plus three is ten plus another four, plus another six is twenty. Okay. Thirty twenty. Wow, you made a seven <laughs> into a twenty. <laughs> you might not go that far away. Like, just does not want to deal with the guards. Hides behind a bush nearby. Or even within the tavern, because she still wants to eavesdrop in a bathroom or something. Mm, Okay. Just, you know, hide The dragon's guard uh, block every single exit. They have their weapons drawn, they have their shields up, and Javanesh is there trying to, you know, keep the peace, and the first dragon's guard with a sergeant's ranking over his shoulders steps up and removes his helmet. What the hell happened here? Uh, Griff would go up to him and 14 plus 5 and 19 would say something like, This is the second time we've had to do your job. Why is all of your fucking furniture coming to life and trying to beat the piss out of us? It has some black shit on it both times. Why don't you look into it? And, I don't know, maybe give me some healing potions so that you can make up for the damage that I took saving your ass because I was doing your work. My apologies, Mr. Birmingham. Uh, This was never meant to happen. But, uh, this is also not our fault. Perhaps a bit of respect next time. Yeah, uh, but he's trying not to make eye contact with you. Like, even though he's saying these things, he's very obviously uh, intimidated by you. So he says, uh, all right, as you said yourself, this is the second time. So four of you will come with us. Unfortunately, uh, this must be dealt with immediately. Not tomorrow, not the next day, now. Uh, can, can I fix that counter first? Javanesh will uh, kind of put his uh, wing on the dragon's guard and say, uh, hey, listen, Sarge, uh, kid's right. I mean, uh, the boss is out tonight and he's going to be hella pissed if he finds all this damage here. And so the sergeant is just like, five minutes, you have five minutes. The captain is on her way. 
Mr. Birdinghammer, uh, I would watch my mouth in front of the captain. She can still expel you. And he kind of walks over to his men and whispers some orders in their ear to like you know, remain at ease. Everything's under control. Koss uh, is kind of like watching this and like checking up on everybody. But as as they watch Griff just like be his intimidating self and completely stand up to this guy, they just kind of like almost subconsciously grow a mane. <laughs> and then they shake it off and they go over to Gary and Griffin and are like, are you two okay? Did you, did you get hurt? Uh, I, I got whacked in the back of the head by a broom. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, you saw that thing of steam just kind of slap the shit out of me. Yeah, are you so, okay? No. But I'm alive. Cliff, are you okay? I'm fine. Alright. One of the guards, actually the sergeant, <clears throat> walks um, up to Garrett and says, um, you're the cook? Yes. So, rug, what else was there? Broom? Uh, and steam. Steam? Yeah. Can you show me where it started? Um, sure. At this point, Gary's not even walking anymore. All the adrenaline has left him and he had like sat down. So he kind of like crawls across the floor. <laughs> One hit point, man. Uh, it's in the kitchen. Where did it come from? Specifically, the, boy. The, the Ravnican onion soup. You uh, see the sergeant. Give me a name. I need a name. Wilcox Daphilos. Sergeant Stafalos. Wilcox Stafalos. Wilcox Stafalos. I like it. Sergeant Stafalos walks up to the cauldron, <laughs> rubs the side of it, and his gauntlet comes back very oily and black. Did you do this, kid? Did you wash the cauldron beforehand? Um, it's not my job to wash the cauldron. That's the dishwasher's job. He looks over at the schedule and you can see over his shoulder just fine. There was no dishwasher that day. That day, they had the day off. Instead, it was a clockwork servant. Shelly's gonna go up to the same guard and say, am I gonna be okay? And just shows their blackened hands with all the goo all over them. Wash that immediately. And Shelly's gonna be like, Okay, and starts to like put it on the wall. <laughs> you have an inside wet rag. <laughs> on the guard? On the guard. Like, like, th thinking that they meant, like, you know, get it off them. You're lucky you're a student. Uh, what did you want me to do? I'm sorry. Use the damn bathroom. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then Shelly's going to walk over to one of these pots. <laughs> <laughs> Not the bathroom, Shelly. <laughs> and like, a, like, be like, is this good? Don't is ruin this a bathroom? the soup. <laughs> Isn't the soup already ruined? N only in one cauldron. Oh, okay. Shelly walks up to that cauldron. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, Sergeant Stavlis looks at Garrett and says, are all your friends that stupid? I don't, uh, I have one friend and no. Who's your friend? Uh, they're over there. 
I thought I was your cost. friend. Oh, we friends now. I, I, you're part of the 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 the, the five. The five of us that beat up the chest. Does that make us friends? Yeah. All right, I have two friends, and only one of them's that stupid. <laughs> Shelly's going to look down and then walk to an actual bathroom. <laughs> you hear the front door creaking open. A woman with a face cold as iron walks in. She has silver hair, cropped short like a pixie cut, and there is a clockwork owl hovering over her. You've seen this woman before. This is the captain of the university. She spoke during the orientation, and she walks in, looks around. It's a very expressionless face. You can't tell what's on her mind other than she's just taken in the, the scenery. And then motions over Sergeant Staphylos, who approaches from the kitchen and very apologetic. Sorry, Captain, uh, we came as fast as we could. Three affected uh, items and four of the same students from before. And I'm also here. I'm Ricard. <coughs> four plus a bystander. Oh. oh. <laughs> Shelly's going to come out with clean hands and say, Is this good? The captain glares daggers at you, rolls her eyes, and then looks at the sergeant and says, uh, Search every room. Make sure there are no students left here that we're not accounted for. And one by one, they start searching every room. What is mistake here? <laughs> is there a window in the bathroom? <laughs> there is, but I, I picture it being very small. Um, it would have to be... Mistake like, it's is up high. It'll be a stel another stealth check. That's also pretty difficult. Uh, yeah, she's gonna try. Mm -hmm. I fully expect her to fail, but damn it, her name's Mistake. Rather. 21. Damn. <laughs> Expertise, bitches. Damn. <laughs> you pass. Yeah. You become the whole. So you leave the Bozen Tavern? Uh, I think she's also a little torn. On the one hand, she's absolutely terrified does not want to be involved in this, does not want to be caught by guards while armed, because that would be a death sentence where she grew up, but she doesn't want to abandon the people who are becoming her friends. I think, <laughs> I think she's going to start to leave. She's gonna get like partway out the window and then she's going to decide no. And she's going to go back in and run the water and like dip in her face and stuff to make it look like she was like distraught and came into the bathroom to hide. So it's more believable that she's in there. Okay. <clears throat> Eventually the Dragon's Guard do find you and they call out, Captain, there's another one in here. You were right, miss? No. Uh, sorry for the inconvenience. Please step out. Are they gone? Who? The monsters. Yes, for the time being, they're gone. Sergeant Starfellis. All right. She's going to make herself look very small and kind of sneak out as in like kind of tiptoe past him. No need to worry, ma'am. We've, we've got this handled. Don't, don't worry. 
Um, after the Dragon's Guard are done searching, the five of you are standing there in front of the captain of the university herself. This is the woman that holds the most power at Strixhaven. Rickard, I want to say, took a lot of damage, about as much as Garrett, and they probably take him away to the infirmary immediately. Whereas you... I don't get to go to the infirmary! They give you a healing potion because they still want to question you because you're the cook. And literally <clears throat> one of the monsters came from your cauldron. The captain paces around you all. Her clockwork owl is still like flying above her. And she goes, Sergeant Stathlis, bring these five students to my manor at once. Thank you. And she immediately leaves. Does not pay you any mind. Excuse me, Sergeant. Are we in trouble? Guess we'll find out, right? Why are you so afraid of her? They don't call her the Iron Lady for no reason, lad. I would watch my mouth in front of her. She remembers everything. Well, um... I guess until we find out if we're in trouble, good job, everybody. We're doing it a second time. Yeah, alright. I felt pretty good about it. <laughs> Fucking brooms. I always hated cleaning up the swamp. For well, the record, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, but you did really well. And you hit the broom. <laughs> I couldn't hit the broom with a warhammer. At some point, Mistake is going to whisper probably to Griff. People only have power if you allow them to. She only has power because people listen to her. See how much obstinance she can put up with. They escort the five of you to this very luxurious manor in the central campus. This is something right out of a gothic novel. This is the captain's manor. They lead you through the front doors. You go up these set of steps and the first thing you see is another one of these clockwork owls at the front, almost like a butler just waiting. And as the sergeant leads you to this big common room, you see more and more of these owls. Uh, you get the sense that this is very much a thing for the captain. She, she loves her owls. And they're all not real, they're all clockwork. The captain enters the room and sits in a very grand armchair across from the five of you. There's enough like divans and, and armchairs for you to all sit spread out if you wish, or you could all sit in the same couch. Well then, shall we start from the beginning? What happened tonight? I, I, I can explain. So... Name? Uh, Toss. Um, I don't know exactly what happened with the rug, but I was in the kitchen with my friend Gary, and we were chatting. I went into the the pantry to go check out the noise. I thought it was just a rat, but then as I was walking out, I saw this big steam monster rising up from the pot that Gary was um, working at. And then I felt this like sharp rap on the back of my head. And then when I turned around, I saw the broom was coming at me and attacking me. And so I, I ran off to- She motions you to keep quiet. And she turns immediately to Garrett. You're the cook. Yes. Did you see a servant 
Um, no, but there was one on the schedule to have cleaned the pot. Potentially other things? What about the other three? How are you involved in all this? I just go here. Coincidence, then. Well, I go to the school. That's how I got involved. Yes, we know you go to this school, Mr. Burningham. More so, why is this the second incident that you're involved in? Why is this the second time your school's things have tried to attack us? <laughs> it's a grand question. That's enough from you. The other two. He keeps making eye contact with her. Not threateningly, but just... He's testing the boundaries. Shelly's gonna look at Mistake. Mistake Very small is, looking. Mistake is just staring at the floor, completely silent, just standing to the side with the hands visible. We were lucky to have Mistake next to us to I, help us with it. I asked them, Mr. Burningham, how did you come into play? in all this. Uh, so Koss kind of noticing that both of them are very uncomfortable with this situation is going to do their best to like answer in a way that is very placating towards the captain and uh, they'll say uh, if I may um, I ran up to the window to ask for help and everybody else ran away but all three of them came to our, our assistance and if it weren't for them then we, we might not have made it, so... Well... Very unamused, she stands up and she says, Looks like we have quite a dilemma here. I have two students who talk too much, two students who won't talk at all, and one who talks out of his arms. So... Wait, are you saying that Koss and I talk too much? Because you actually asked us questions. She zips you with a swipe of the hand. One by one it is then. Sergeant! And then immediately the sergeant walks in with a, a few of his dragon's guards. He's like, watch the others while I question them one by one. Griff, you actually are first. <laughs> Great. They bring you into the captain's private study. Can I... Offer something to Griff before he heads into this. Sure. Um, so if I see that Griff is being taken off, uh, Koss will just kind of like uh, hand on arm and just be like, "Be prudent, please." He just looks at him and huffs. <laughs> and there you are, sitting across from her desk. Very, very familiar to. I, I imagine that his dad has a, a kind of stately library. Mm -hmm. So she does this very uh, condescending walk around your chair in her study. He has perfect posture, but like intentionally. Because <laughs> otherwise he would be leaning back with like his legs crossed or whatever. But he, he knows when he is, he knows how to read that room. Mm -hmm. There's uh, one of her clockwork owls on her shoulder and another one right on her desk staring right at you. And as she's pacing around, she's just, just like... My lovelies will remember every word you say, so just watch yourself. I imagine you are aware that I will need to write to your father tonight. I hope, well, I hope you're proud of yourself. Two incidents in one week, well, that's more than any burning hammer in a hundred years. 
tell me, do you just seek trouble or does it find you? He takes a long breath because he knows he's being patronized and he is trying to remain prudent. I went to my room and there was something there alive that shouldn't have been and it tried to hurt us. And the second time, on the seventh day of our week, when I was attempting to relax in a safe place, three things tried to hurt people that I know. So when you write to my father, I hope that you include those neutral details. Didn't go looking for this, and I don't know why you're treating me like a criminal. No one's treating you like a criminal. Do you see bars, Mr. Berryhammer? <laughs> Relax. So privileged. It's my office. It's a study. We're having a conversation. So first of all... You're talking down to me and treating me like a criminal. Hmm. Do you see shackles? Show me the shackles, Mr. Birmingham. The narrow view that you have of a prison of just something physical holding you down is only one part of a prison. She seems amused by the way you're talking to her, almost like not a lot of students talk to her that way, so the fact that someone is, is like, oh, nice breath of fresh air here. She's not intimidated by you. I'm not interested. She um, <laughs> leans in and says, you know, I heard a funny little rumor, Mr. Burning Hammer. I heard that there is already tension between you and Mr. Rampart Suvige. Tell me, is there going to be a problem, Mr. Burning Hammer? Will they have to move you further away from each other like you're in grade school? And then she whistles. And the door opens. And in walks Rampart with his shiny armor. And she's like, oh, speaking of, have you heard he is uh, one of our recruits to be a dragon scot in the future? And he's been keeping a close eye on you for me. Oh, that's the reason why he walked into our place without permission? He had permission, Mr. Bernhardt. Oh, okay. From me. I sent him to look at your living room to see if there was any suspicious activity. And you know what he found? Please, venture a guess, please. He's not going to give her what she wants when she asks so plainly like that. He's just going to be silent. And Rampart's just like looking right at you and says, The black oily substance was on the windowsill. Somebody went in and tainted the chest. That is all, Captain. Ah, somebody went in. Tell me, Mr. Burningham, do you still keep in touch with your uncle? I don't see how any of that plays in to this. All right. You are dismissed. He just walks away. All right. When he comes back out, I would just say something to the sergeant like, ah, 
She absolutely sucks. I'm sorry for earlier. <laughs> Thanks, lad. I do mean it. Um, if it weren't for you two, we probably wouldn't have made it, so thank you very much. The less you say, the better. Whatever details you give them, they will use against you. Koss, you are next. Um, Good luck, Koss. Thank you. I'll keep that in mind. Koss? Silvertrue. Not Adrian? Um, no, I'm, I'm trying to go by Koss. Uh, I think it fits me better. Does it? <laughs> I don't see it. But alright, Koss. Tell me, what do you do in your spare time, Koss? Depends. Uh, a lot of things. I write songs occasionally. I paint. Sometimes I, I like to go and, you know, hang around with various different people. Hmm. Paint, music, socializing. This really does not strike me as uh, a necromancer's hobbies. You are taking Professor Julian Valentin's class this year, are you not? Uh, is that right? Yes, that's the vampire professor, yes? Why are you taking his class if your interests do not align? Well, that's kind of why I'm taking the class, because I wanted to see what it was like. The Witherbloom campus looks very different at night. It is pretty creepy. The paths are, are lit up by lanterns and other like magical light. The rest of the swamp is completely blackened out and you just hear noises. Like a haunted hayride almost, where you don't know what's to your left and your right. You're just heading to class. Furthermore, when you get to class, it's a pretty small class. And there was a coffin at the, at the front where the desk should be. And Shelly and Koss are sitting there in class when the coffin opens and all of the students go silent. A pale figure sits up. A black curtain of hair falls over him and he slowly looks up at the class, smiles very faintly and then vanishes and in place of him a bat flaps over towards the desks, just turns into a human again right in front of you and leans in. This is Professor Julian Valentin, the only vampire professor in the campus. Because he is the only vampire at campus, he is a little bit of a spectacle, so there might be students who are not even in the class who decide to show up to the Witherbloom campus just to kind of stare from afar, because vampires are rare. He is a 500-year-old vampire that's been working there for ages. He doesn't say much outside of the welcome to introduction to black magic. And uh, he, he tells you about what this class will entail before he immediately decides, everyone gather your stuff. We're going on a little walk, shall we? And takes the whole class on a walk where he starts explaining all of the, the, the dangers in the swamps. It's like, while you're in my class, you may encounter one thing or other that might keep you up at night 
After all, these are the things that go bump in the night. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Tell me about the vampire. Get back to the I don't care. I'm on the edge of my seat. Make another Rick. Make it Rick Hard. <laughs> <laughs> make another Rick Hard. <laughs> sure. What's what's your NPC name? Uh, my NPC is Amber. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, he, he does the whole bat thing. He turns back into a human, makes, <gasps> makes eye contact with Amber and Shelly. <gasps> he looked at me! Do you have a thing for vampires? Me? No! I didn't take this class because it was taught by a vampire! Oh, I totally <laughs> did. Oh, okay, I did too. Y'all <laughs> <laughs> stealing my thunder here. <laughs> He leads you to a clearing where the noise is a lot louder. Not just down to your left and right, but also above you. And maybe even in the water. And he goes, Do not fear. When you're in my class, students, you are perfectly safe. You know why? Why? <laughs> He looks right at Amber, leans in, and he goes, Because in this swamp, I am the things that go bump in the night. And then immediately a anaconda swoops down and grabs it by the neck right before it, like, bites Amber in the face. And it just grabs the anaconda's neck, and right in front of you, bites into the anaconda, and the rest of it just flaps down from the trees as a bunch of students gasp and this vampire professor just <sighs> your first assignment and that's what we're gonna cut it's fucking metal <laughs> Jesus back in the office the captain literally just asks you how is that class going? it's um it's spooky <laughs> but I'm enjoying it because it's different, and I like meeting different kinds of people and learning about them, and I thought that this would be a good opportunity since I've never met a vampire before. Oh. Curiosity. Every artist's flaw. Thank you, Koss. I think that will be all. Oh. Well, you're welcome. I'm glad I could be of some help, I think. Um, don't think that this, um, means you're off the hook. I have heard about your little shape-shifting ability. It's not really a secret. Well, it concerns me. It shouldn't. But, that hat, horrid as it is, at least it means you've nothing to hide. Okay, um, Koss <laughs> will, like, feel the weight of the water skin in their back pocket and uh, they'll just not not tap it but they'll just say yeah well um, I I don't wear it for you and then they'll leave <laughs> fuck them three Garrett you're next alright you are taken into the captain's study, and um, this time she does not even walk around your chair. She's just sitting there, 
contemplating on the last two people she interrogated. Oh, Mr. Grigg, I spoke to uh, Tolk. He had plenty of good things to say about you, mostly about your cooking skills. Oh, well, that's good. Except tonight there was a bit of a mishap, yes? I'm sorry, what? The cauldron. Well, I... Yes, I really don't think that that was the Ravnican onion soup. Again, I... It sounds like it's kind of from the Eldritch Balm that they found in the cauldron, which it sounded like was from the clockwork servants that had been there to clean things, so... I... <laughs> How do you know about the Eldritch Balm? Well... It was on the uh, the chest that was at Croc's tower, and I recognized it, and it looked the same. On From where did you recognize it? Well, I mean, I did a lot of studying with my former mentor. Huh. Smart person. Yes, she is. She pulls out a ledger. What's that? <laughs> None of your business, Mr. Grigg. Well, why not? You ask a lot of questions. I do, I'm a very curious person. <laughs> so am I. And she slaps the ledger close and she goes, You know, it says in my records that you chose not to buy your textbooks this year. That's why correct. Is, why is that? Because they cost money. Is money a huge concern to you? I want to buy an alchemy set. And they cost a lot of money. Interesting. So you put alchemy sets over your studies? Well, I mean, they do have my books at the Biblioplex and I was kind of hoping that I'd be able to potentially borrow them from my tower mates. Well, a lot of those books are under high demand, especially the Quandrix books, which I hear you are very interested in. Tell me, what are you planning to do about your Computational Magic 101 class? Computational magic book. For how long? Um, the next few hours. So I could do the homework. I I would have gone to the library, the biblioplex, but uh, I'm I'm making stew downstairs. If you want stew, you'll hear shuffling because it still hasn't opened the door. Grab the book. Open the door. Please don't get stew on my book. I, I won't get stew on your book, but if you would, I, I mean, it's free stew. Just going to kind of <laughs> stare at him. Right. All right, I mean, it just, it has to boil a while. That's why I can't really leave to go to the biblioplex. Okay. All right, thanks. <laughs> the captain leans in and says let me guess you got stew on the textbook didn't you i cleaned the stew off of the textbook <sighs> great great you know you and your friends are rather interesting are they uh, even your friends two of them are and the other two I don't know. One of them doesn't seem to like any of them, and one of them doesn't seem to like me in particular. Look, 
Mr. Grigg, <laughs> I'm being especially lenient with you because, well, frankly, Curti was an old friend of mine. Is. Okay, old... do you know what's up with Curti? Because I don't. Oh, man. <laughs> Mr. Grigg, have you heard of Curiosity killing the cat? Satisfaction brought it back, if you know the full uh, saying. I did not. Well, that's the full saying. Curiosity killed the cat, but satisfaction brought it back. You're a bit insufferable. Has anyone told you that? A bit of a pest. Yep, that sounds extremely familiar. <clears throat> she was poisoned last year. Poisoned? Now, whoever poisoned her has also been wreaking havoc on campus since then. Do you see where I'm going with this, Mr. Greek? Um, that someone really bad is out there? Someone extremely bad is out there. Now, between you and me, Mr. Grigg, so far, you and maybe the artist with the hat has uh, struck me as the most um, out of place here. So, if any of your friends ever act out or do something suspicious, I'd appreciate it if you come straight to me. And given that money is... An obstacle. Well, maybe I can help with that. So you want me to knock on my tower mates? I want you to do the good thing, Mr. Grigg, and tell the captain of your university when something suspicious is happening in your tower. Can you do that? I mean, I can absolutely tell you when something suspicious is happening. I don't really want to deal with living furniture by myself. Fair enough. You're dismissed. Alright, thanks. I don't really think I helped. Oh, you helped plenty. On your way out, can you call in the tiefling? So, <laughs> furniture fighters? Maybe furminators? Ooh, furminators. I like that one. Um, hi. Uh, mistake. Dapplewing wants to talk to you Kay. now. What do you think about the furminators? What? The Furninators. It's like... They've been making up a name. Just, just go off. For the five of us? You know. Furninator. <laughs> like, it's like Terminator. Terminator. What's but with furniture. I was also thinking maybe Terminator, as in like, uh, a term of the school year. You know, no one would get that one. That's also infringement. That's a terrible name. Sorry, I was eavesdropping. Uh, no, you thank you. One? Please, this should, this should stop. Cost, whatever we are, I'm just happy I'm with you. <laughs> Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Mistake gets pulled into the office. Um, the captain feel, feels very intrigued by you. She spends the most time glossing you over before actually speaking. Is it Mistake or is it Miss Kalazar? It's Mistake. Very well. Mistake. Your name suits you quite well, may I say. After all, two incidents in one week. Wow. That's baffling. And on top of that, I heard you were uh, caught or seen wandering the Lawhold campus after school hours. Is that true? 
professor asked me there. Which professor? Professor Galvan. Tell me more. So, after school at some point, after afternoon classes are done, so we should be fairly certain the professor would be in his office. Uh, mistake would have gone over, knocked on the door. So the funny thing is, uh, when you show up at Professor Galvan's office, you hear voices behind it. You hear Professor Galvan's voice and also Professor Khan's. Mm. It's a bit muffled. If you want to eavesdrop, you may attempt to. That's a 16. <laughs> Professor Galvan is saying, uh, I, I, ca I cannot do it, old friend. I, I'm sorry, but this violates my code of honor. Please, Misha, for old time's sake, remember, you and I got into plenty of trouble. Yes, yes, but this is different. That was your decision and my decision. I cannot make decisions for my students. You are not making decisions. I'm asking you to ask her. She does love books. What does that have to do with it? Well, what does that have to do with it? Before... Like, hearing the way closer to the door, she's going to move to, like, where there's a window or something, or, like, something to look at in the hallway that's a little bit farther away. Mm -hmm. um, acting innocent definitely wasn't eavesdropping. Professor Khan exits Professor uh, Galvan's office and says, Huh. Speak of the devil. As he's heading out of the office, one of these clockwork owls follows him. Oh, mistake. What a coincidence. <laughs> so I heard. So you heard what? I heard you were speaking of the devil. Forgive my friend. Uh, he uh, loves expressions <laughs> almost as much as he loves arcane artifacts. Please sit, sit. Welcome. Sorry for the mess. It is quite the mess. Yes, well, uh, I'm afraid my, my colleagues' habits are passing on to me. <laughs> How may I help you? You ask me here? Oh, yes, yes, yes! And he starts digging through the piles of paperwork everywhere. Oh, it's got to be around here somewhere. Oh, and he pulls out a book. Um, before I give this to you, uh, do know that this is one of my most prized possessions. I really would like it back. That is not an offense. That is me being vulnerable and saying that this means a lot to me. So please, uh, take care of it. Of course. Great. And he hands it to you. On the cover, there's no title. There's only a pair of horns. I know that lately you have been reading nonfiction and magical theory and that is really where your mind is at. But I would encourage you to delve into fiction a bit, especially because fiction, well, it draws from history, at least the best kind of fiction does, and uh, you might be surprised at what you find. This book changed my life. Well, I read a book of fairy tales a week ago. This is not a fairy tale. This is based on a true historical figure. I also wanted to ask... 
I understand what remains of that chest ended up somewhere in Lorhold campus. Yes, what about it? I'm just curious about it. How curious? Well, considering it tried to kill me, rather. Curious enough to investigate more? I think I would be an insult to my bloodline if I didn't. He was about to say something. Professor Khan, like, helps himself in. Um, Yusha, um, Captain Dapplewin summons you. The owl said so. This conversation might have to continue another time. Perhaps when I return this book. Perhaps. Enjoy. Yep. So, um, Captain just asked why she was at Lorehold campus and she said to see Professor Galvan. He offered me a book. And then I believe you summoned him, and that was the end of our conversation. And then I returned to my dormitory tower. Do you make a habit of involving yourself with professors who may or may not be on probation? refer to Professor Galvan or Professor Kant? Well, one of them is on probation, the other one I'm still considering it. Professor Galvan, as I'm sure you know, is the reason I'm in this school. Oh yes, I'm well aware. It seems responsible to pay respects to him for giving me this opportunity. Very well. I have no further questions, but one recommendation. Perhaps watch those you interact with. You wouldn't want to get into trouble, would you? Of course not. I am, after all, from Redville. Then I expect nothing but the best of behavior. One mistake is here. She's pointedly not making eye contact with Captain. Can I do, like, an investigation check to kind of get a better sense of, like, this room, this office, windows, entry points, particularly, like, things that seem to be of interest to the captain? Okay. That's a 15 plus 7. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> that ledger. That ledger that Garrett uh, saw is on her desk and you recognize it immediately as the ledger that Professor Lang was writing on when she was taking notes of all of you. Hmm. All right. You are dismissed. Uh, after mistake leaves, before she went to go get Shelly, she just sort of stopped in the hallway, had a minor like panic attack kind of. Tried to take deep breaths, her tail like wraps around her ankle, she just stares down at her tail, like after trying to be brave that whole time, and just says, Traitor. <laughs> and then goes to get Shelly. Oh. <laughs> to 
yourself? To the tail. To, 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 the, the, tail. Tail. to the tail. Because it wrapping around her ankle is like what happens when she's really nervous. <laughs> so she's trying to be brave and her tail's being a traitor. <laughs> and finally, Shelly. You were brought in by Sergeant Stopolis? Wilcox Stopolis. Oh, I do want to say one thing before we go in. Sure. When Shelly washed their hands, <laughs> They used their wet towel. Oh boy. <laughs> and so all of the black stuff's on their wet towel. Good to know. <laughs> Rochelle comes to life. Shelly, you were brought in by the sergeant. So, finally. Do you think that the Allen find the owls kind of like rude? <laughs> Funnily enough, no Allen has ever complained. Oh, because I kind of want, like, it would be cool if, like, there was some tortoises. Like, <laughs> like if I could have little mechanical tortoises. They would move very slowly, darling. But they'd be strong. Okay. They could stealth as rocks. <laughs> Tell me, Shelley, how long has it been since you went back to the swamps? Um, I was there yesterday. Yesterday? Right, for the class. When was the last time you showered? Um, in the swamps? Yesterday? I guess so. Before you came here? Um, I washed my hands today. Darling, I need a little bit more. Did you go, say, skinny dipping in the river at Witherbloom at all last night? Oh, um, no. Okay. But I'm not wearing clothes ever so like i don't know does that count as skinny dipping did you go into any of the swamp waters last night um i guess you asked if i took a bath and i said yeah so in the swamp i guess I, um, yes sergeant and uh a couple of dragons guard walk in she goes, inspect them from head to toe, please. Sorry, Shelly. This is necessary. Oh, um, okay. Uh, are you going to expel my friends? That depends on what we find on you. What are you looking for? Maybe I have it. For your sake, I sure hope not. Eldritch Balm. Oh, that was on my hands earlier. <laughs> yes, I heard. <laughs> Because you snapped the broom in half. Do you want some? No. Okay. Uh, she doesn't really have that many questions for you other than wanting to inspect you because you came from the swamps. The last thing she says to you is, uh, Shelly, I've been told by your mother that you have quite an unexpected temper. <laughs> you want to see it? No. <laughs> so Already? you don't want to see any Eldritch Bomb... And you don't want to see me get angry? No, darling. Especially... So you're not going to expel my friends? Will you stop interrupting me for one moment? Okay. From what I hear, your temper is quite a rageful one. Tell me, how long have you dealt with such a temper? Maybe like 16 years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Shelley, do watch that temper. It might be useful sometimes, but also it might get in the way sometimes. I get in the way a lot. Mm. I'm, sh I'm sure you do. 
Is there anything about your week you'd like to tell me? Anything suspicious? Anything at all? Yeah. Out with it. <laughs> what, whatever you're looking for, it was me. My friends had nothing to do with it. Great. Thank you. Yep. Are you going to send me back to the, to, the, to the forest? No, dear. Oh, no. Okay. Well, I mean, oh, yay. Uh, about my request for... Goodbye. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> the five of you are escorted to your tower after that. Like, you're escorted right up to the door, and Sergeant Stoffelis will say, um, Well, I, uh, I would just like to say that whatever happened back there, I know what I saw. I don't blame any of you. Okay? I told her it was my fault. It's okay. Was it your fault? Yes. And Shelly winks at the, the sergeant. <laughs> I... Why would you do that? Because I didn't want her to expel my friends. I live here. Alright, They well, can visit me. What I'm saying is... I'm on your side. Okay? So... Don't be intimidated. But... Watch out for those owls. They seem like a real... Hoot. Did you just make a pun? No. <laughs> Hello everyone. Thank you for joining us again this week. This episode was recorded in Watertown, Massachusetts, also known as the traditional land of the Pekoset and Nanantum peoples. I'd like to give a huge thank you to all of the talented musicians that helped bring this podcast to life with their amazing music. We've provided a link to their web pages in the description. I would also like to thank our talented players, Tyler Rubin, Amelia Markopoulos, Rin Garnett, Michael Yang, and Nikki Aguilar Thompson. This story would not be the same without their wonderful creativity. I've been your host and DM, Alex Aguilar Thompson, and I hope to see you here again next week for another episode of Roleplay Radio.